Hey everybody, this is Sarah, and you are tuning in to the first episode ever of Talkin' Fanfic, Cobra Kai. So, uh, yeah, let's talk some fanfic, sit back. I suggest you get a cocktail, because I'm getting a cocktail. And, uh, here we go. Awesome. Welcome here. Um, as I said, this is the first episode of Talking Fanfic. I'm super excited. Uh, I've been planning this out with the help of my co-host, who is not here yet. We'll get her in. Elise51. Uh, fuck it. Her, also we say fuck. Uh, her name is Laura, and um, she is going to be contributing to the show as a co-host uh, when she can. She has a more demanding job, probably, than I have, or she works nights, so... Um, she uh, has less time to dedicate, but we want her here regardless. But anyway, uh, she's my sister, and we're going to fail at calling each other by our uh, fanfiction pen names. So her name is Laura. My name is Sarah. And um, yeah, we're going to do this. We've been, So we've been planning this for a few months, mostly me, really. <laughs> and uh, I've been kind of hitting people up randomly asking if uh, some fellow Cobra Kai fanfiction authors would want to talk about their fanfiction. Um, so just as an introduction, obviously anybody listening, and there are probably about three of you right now, but you guys all know about fanfiction. You're involved in fanfiction and the fandom community. Um, I'm hoping there's a few people out there in the Cobra Kai fandom tuning in to check this out who actually don't know much about fanfiction and are maybe curious. So Maybe we can hold on to them for an intro episode. Um, I would love them to stick around. So uh, so we'll talk about fan fiction in a second, but um, a little bit about how I got here. So Cobra Kai started in 2018 as a show. Um, I missed the start of this show, so I didn't find it until one year ago, thereabouts, about spring 2019, and I watched the first season uh, loved it, uh, immediately went to AO3, as you guys all know, archive of our own. If you're a fanfiction reader or writer, you know this site, it's the best site. If you're messing around on fanfiction.net or God forbid, Wattpad, Jesus, uh, get out of there and get on AO3. It's where the good stuff's at. And, uh, it's a nonprofit and it's the only place you can go and post your stuff and, uh, feel safe that your stuff's not going to be randomly deleted one day because uh, somebody wakes up and freaks out about um, explicit work or something like that. But anyway, AO3 is where the best stuff is, uh, so get on there if you're not. Anyway, I went on there. I think we were at less than 200 works at that point, um, and I read all the good stuff, and I thought, God, I want to write something. But the exciting part was that season two at that point was coming out in a couple of months. So I was spoiled. All I had to do was wait a couple of months. And uh, and I was blown away, obviously, by season two. And I thought, I've got to write something. And I did. I wrote a one-shot that eventually turned into 
100,000 word plus works, which at the time, I think Counterpoint by uh, the Lady Disdain, aka Miss Violet, I think that was the only other 100,000k fake out there. And she was at twice that at that point. And she's going to be close to three times that I think by the time she's done. I'm not sure. That's how I got into it. And let me just say that that's the fan fiction community. What I want to briefly go over right now is just lay and map out the fandom for you, which you probably already know. But I, it's interesting because I've been reading fan fiction a long time, writing for about, well, on and off, seriously writing for probably two years. Before that, I was just messing around. But this is the first fandom I've been social in, that I've gotten to know people in, and it's been an incredible experience. Seriously, it's the coolest. And there's just a couple of different kind of bubbles of fandom. The first thing, I'm a podcast person, obviously, or I wouldn't be doing this. And the first thing I did was look and see if there were any podcasts about Cobra Kai. I found Cobra Kai Companion, and we're going to talk about those guys a lot because they're a big deal. Those guys, uh, I found the podcast and they were doing at that point mostly episode recaps and cast interviews. And it was just cool because it was like mostly characters that are either kind of one shot kind of cameo characters or they were supporting characters. Like they had uh, Vanessa Rubio who plays Carmen. They had her interviewed at that point and they, I think they did two interviews with her. I was just like, I'd never seen anything before where they routinely interviewed all of these actors that you don't get to see that often. And they were really good, serious interviews. And at the time, it was Peter and Tom doing all the interviews. And I thought, wow, this is super cool. And then as they did more and more interviews, they got the big three on, which was a huge deal. It was just a Skype call. But I remember thinking, holy shit, good for Peter and Tom. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. And there were a couple other podcasts out there that I listened to, like the Cobra guys, Mikey and Jeremy, shout out if you're listening. Those guys are amazing. They're hilarious, but it's totally different type of podcast. Uh, Are you karate kidding me? Colin and Jenny. I love those guys. Um, But Peter was doing something different. And then I found the Cobra Kai Companion Facebook group. And this is really, for me at least, this is the center of kind of my fandom experience. There's kind of a, a group of us that post often and interact, and the, the mods there are amazing. Uh, Amy and Rick and um, just everybody else. There's so, Mike, I mean, sorry, I'm forgetting a bunch of people, but Cobra Kai Companion is really neat because there's sort of this bridge between the creators. Uh, like they've actually, and Brianna, I should mention, obviously, I'm going to talk about her in a second. Uh, she's come on to replace Tom as co-host. But Peter and Bree, I mean, they visited the set. They've now had, they've now talked to the big three, uh, interviewed him twice now, or maybe is it three times. Um, but the last time Peter and Bree just l- achieved a huge thing and a dream and they got Ralph and Billy to come on. And that is just a testament to the trust that the big three has in Peter and Bree. They take them seriously. They're among a handful of content creators that honestly have kept this fandom going this year when there was so much uncertainty, there was no marketing at all. And um, the fans fucking carry the weight, man. And I'm I'm dead serious about that, and I think Cobra Kai Companion was a huge part of that, Brianna, um, but also the other guys I mentioned, Cobra Guys, and, you know, Are You Karate Kidding Me wasn't creating much, but what they did create was good, and then people came out like Cobra Kai Kid, his name is Drew, 
He recreated the pilot episode and got the attention of John and Josh and Hayden. Uh, recently, the Karate Girls have been doing these amazing recreations of sort of stills or photos of the show. And other people like Christian with his badass poster of Rizard, obviously, Adelson Rays. Oh, probably saying that wrong. But these guys have been doing the marketing, honestly, and keeping people excited when we had no news. And I know the big three are grateful for that because they couldn't say shit. And when you have, don't have a marketing team and, you're, and you want to keep the excitement level up and you want to keep the fans engaged because you have to do that now, the fandom really stepped up and supported it. And it's a huge love fest, honestly, between this group of fans and content creators and the creators of the show. So I just want to kind of lay out the fandom there for you because it's super cool. So I think of Cobra Kai Companion as a bridge between mainstream fandom and the creators of the show. Then you have Brianna, and I think of Brianna. I think Brianna is important in this fandom. Uh, I think the reason is that she's been a bridge between mainstream fandom and fan fiction fandom, and she's really interested in normalizing fan fiction. And because we are, we're sort of a self. Uh, what would you call it? Self marginalized, self segregated group. And there's some good reasons for that, actually. And I think Brianna and I kind of have different views on that. Not contradictory. I do want to interview her, and actually, she's going to be one of our first interviews. So that's exciting. But, you know, fan fiction isn't really talked about in mainstream fandom. Not, not even like, I mean, it's easier to share fan art, somebody like Rise Art. Um, it's not to say his art is less, but it's just more shareable by virtue of what it is. You can click on it and you can look at it and absorb it and uh it's just it's easier to get and to share and fan fiction doesn't like that and there's also a pretty common explicit nature in a lot of fan fiction not all fan fiction but you can't just send somebody over to ao3 and say check out the fan fiction because there is it's an archive so you've got anybody who can post there so you've got super g-rated stuff and you've got explicit stuff and you've got really good writing and you've got really bad writing, and we have both in this fandom. I think we have uh, some pretty amazing stuff, but you know we also have some stuff that's not so great. And this is going to be an all positive uh, podcast, so I'm not I'm not here to criticize even constructively anybody's stuff. I just want to talk to authors, and I want you to be able to take this passion that you have, and that you've probably been doing as long as I have. You've probably been involved in fandom for 15, 20, however many years you've been involved. I want to provide a place for you to talk about that because we don't get to talk about it. That's what I mean by self-marginalized is we all have pen names. Uh, we don't share our stuff on Facebook. We don't share it with our coworkers. We don't share it with our family even. I mean, I didn't talk about fan fiction with anybody except my sister for years and years and years. And the past couple of years, I just, I decided that I spent a ton of my time doing this. And when people ask me what I did that weekend, I can't just like, make shit up anymore, you know? Um, and it's a big part of who I am. So probably like four or five years ago, I was working at a bike shop and I just sort of started throwing it in a conversation like, oh yeah, I write fan fiction. And people would be like, what? What's that? Or some people would laugh or some people would go, oh, you write porn. But I would just talk about what I did a little bit. And I didn't give out my pen name or anything, but I talked about it. And it felt really good to just be open about it and just explain to people, yeah, man, there's some fucking terrible shit. <laughs> In, uh, in fan fiction, but there's some incredible stuff that in any other genre with the right publisher's eyes on it, it would be on a bookshelf and it would sell and it would be great and you'd love it. So it's everything. And uh, I started talking about it. I just thought, 
Cobra Kai, this fandom is such a great opportunity. It's such a great environment, I think, for a fandom to be open. And we all know each other. So I'm hoping to, you know, some people that I know outside of fan fiction, this fandom will maybe give a couple episodes a listen. I know when I interview Bree, I'm going to get some Cobra Kai companion listeners. So they don't have to become readers, but it'd be cool if they know that we were here. And so that's why I want to do it. And I just love talking about fan fiction. And I'm a people person. I like talking to people. So we have, um, as far as fandom goes, in the fan fiction world, we have a Discord chat, where is the, which is the main social place for the Cobra Kai fan fiction authors and readers and people who just like discussing fandom in depth. We've got some people like Harley and Orange, who I believe haven't published fan fiction. I think they're readers, but those guys... You know, them and Beta Cobra, man, they just go on all day. They could just dig, dig, dig and discuss, and it's, and it's fucking cool. And they're uh, sharp, intuitive, intelligent students of the fandom, basically. They, they really care about the characters. Um, so those guys are in the Discord chat, as well as all of us authors. And Tumblr is the secondary place where we sort of just mostly <laughs> share shirtless pictures of William Zabka, among other things, though. <laughs> but like if I'll update a chapter, I'll post on Tumblr and Tumblr is really a place for fan fiction writers. So Tumblr and Discord are really the places that we live. But I thought, how cool would it be to have a podcast where other people can come check out what's going on or fan fiction writers can have something they can throw on in the morning and get ready. And that's what I like to do. I listen to like Joe Rogan. I listen to Theo Vaughn. He's a comedian. Uh, I have a baseball podcast I listen to which is sort of the inspiration for the title of this podcast. It's called Talkin' Baseball, and those guys are hilarious. And I just like, it just feels like you're in the room with somebody. I thought, well, gosh, you know, people know the Empressar. They know the Lady Disdain. They know uh, Curious Damage and Lost Magician. We all know each other from the Discord chat, but we haven't actually, for the most part, heard each other's voices or socialized. Um, so this is going to be, I think, a good chance. Just like in Cobra Kai Companion, we get a chance to sit down and talk with Matt Lewis, who plays chairman of the board on the All Valley Committee, Ron. Uh, I want you to get to know, you know, Invisible Observer. I want you to get to know that author. So, and for the authors out there, I'm going to be hitting you up for interviews. We're going to use pen names just to protect your identity. I mean, if you feel like using your first name, you can tell me and we'll go by your first name. But otherwise, we're going to keep this on the DL so to speak. So I want you to be comfortable with that. So this intro, that's the kind of the purpose of this intro is to get you comfortable with the idea. And I'm going to talk for just a second about what we're doing as the main tool of this podcast, which is the interviews. And that will kind of involve what I'm calling a workshop. That's what we're doing. If you actually look up most podcasts and type in fan fiction in the search bar, on like Apple Podcasts, you're going to see about two different kinds of fan fiction podcasts. One is the let's drink cocktails and read bad fan fiction out loud and laugh at fan fiction and make fun of it, which there's a place for that. It's called Wattpad, and you can go there and get drunk and read the worst fan fiction you've ever read. That's the first type. The second type is podfic. People actually just making a whole podcast where for two hours you can listen to somebody who is not a professional read fan fiction, which is cool. There's a place for that, but I'm not into that. I don't think you want to hear my voice read a fucking uh, 60,000 word uh, explicit fanfic. I, I think <laughs> uh, that wouldn't be good. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be good. So 
I was extremely surprised to find that there's a hole for this type of content. In other words, taking fan fiction seriously. So that's the tagline of this show is a, a serious discussion of Cobra Kai fan works. And by serious, I don't mean not fun. I mean, we treat it like like what it is, which is a passion and an art that people pursue for years and years. And they sink hours of their week into writing and reading. And it's a rich, diverse community. And we deserve to be taken seriously, just like other fan art is. So that's what we're about. That's what this podcast is about. So we're going to talk to authors. So let's talk about the interview in the workshop, which I think there's just going to be, there might be some weeks where Laura and I get together and, you know, talk generally about fan fiction. Maybe we'll talk about tropes or ships or just what's going on in fandom. Because honestly, in the past month or two, there's been so much going on in this fandom, uh, mostly on the mainstream side, obviously, Cobra Kai Companion, like I said, interviewing the big three uh, and Ralph and Billy and the big three announcing the, the big platform switch to Netflix. So there's all kinds of news all the time going on. So we might do some episodes, but mainly what I want to do is have an author on and I want to talk about your shit and I want to point out, you know, I just talk about why you created this, how you did it. What is your writing style? What do you like about fan fiction? Why do you like this ship? Why do you like these characters? Because I don't know about you guys, but as a fan fiction writer, I think about this shit all the time. It's, and actually one thing we can talk about people is just balancing fandom life with the rest of your life. I have trouble with that. I'll be sitting on the couch watching a show thinking about Daniel LaRusso uh, and Johnny Lawrence and just plot and whatever. And my boyfriend's over there and he's like, did you just hear what I said? <laughs> you know, and uh, that's a real thing. I mean, that's because it takes so much brain space to create a world that's believable and that you can get inside these characters' heads and make decisions that they would make and um, let them lead you down the path of the story. I mean, that's what separates good fan fiction from bad fan fiction, is that the characters feel real, and that their decisions feel real, and that their problems feel real. And that all, and that all that is, is the hours that you put in getting into their head, and being able to uh, intuit emotions, and, and, uh, and have a voice, and all that good stuff. Anyway, it's just a uh, it takes a lot of time. And uh, so what I want to do is interview authors and basically have a workshop. And I'm going to talk for a second about this workshop thing because it's not a traditional workshop. If you've ever taken a creative writing class and you've workshopped a fic, a traditional workshop works like this. You have a group of people, usually in a creative writing class, but these are the people that are going to be workshopping your fic. You as the author, th this is an in-person activity. You as the author sit and you don't get to speak. The whole point is that you are listening and that people can feel comfortable saying what they like and what they don't like and constructive criticism and really explore this fic without kind of the imposition of the author. Because when someone who reads your book, say that you get published, if someone's reading your book, you want to know how they're experiencing that. And you're not there to correct them on how they should be interpreting it or what you meant by this or anything like that. So that's the point. And it's a it's a technique and a tool in development of authors on the at the academic level for decades. The workshop is a mainstay, but that's not how we're going to do things. There's an essay I found that kind of reflects what's going to be my approach, and it's an author named Beth Wen. 
Uh, LitHub.com. The title is Unsilencing the Writing Workshop. I can put this reference in the show notes. But anyway, it's um, she talks about a traditional writing workshop versus something she kind of proposes as a new type of workshop. And I think there's a place for the traditional workshop, but the this new one that she talks about, this sort of alternative, is just basically a conversation, good old conversation. Um, because she, she sort of feels that a traditional workshop often leaves people feeling, quote, demoralized and uncertain. Uh, they describe it as a crushing nightmare, a hazing ritual, a test of endurance, awful, ugh. So that is good for professionals who are really holding themselves and they need to be tough because that's the industry, but it's bad for amateurs and we are definitely and defiantly amateur. And I, and I say defiantly because I found this cool essay called Writing Bodies in Space by Francesca Coppa. It's from a collection called The Fan Fiction Studies Reader edited by Karen Hellickson, Christina Busey. Let me just read a little bit of this real fast. The line between amateur and professional writing is both sharply defined and frequently crossed in science fiction fandom, because science fiction is a literature itself written by fans of the genre. To be an amateur science fiction writer is therefore merely a step on the way to becoming a professional science fiction writer, and professional writers still go to conventions to hobnob. From this perspective, the professional is superior to the amateur who is serving a kind of apprenticeship. Conversely, Media West, this is a convention, prides itself on being a convention run by fans for fans without any paid guests, and fan fiction writers tend to be defiantly amateur in the sense of writing precisely what they want for love alone. In this schema, to be a professional is to write at the command of others for money. But the important part there is that it describes fan fiction writers as defiantly amateur. And let's talk about what an amateur is, because this is important, because typically when you talk about fan fiction and people know that you are, they kind of, their response is like, oh, that's cool. So uh, what have you written that's original? Or uh, that's neat. Um, what are you going to do next? Or how are you going to transition this into a profession and actually make money? And the implication of that is that what you're doing now isn't really worth doing if you're not making money. It's not like a legitimate hobby, you know. And hobby sounds a little belittling, I think, to most people. And amateur, describing yourself as an amateur is interesting because there's a couple different senses. If you look, if you flip open the American Heritage College Dictionary, fourth edition, which I got as a high school graduation present, from the high school for getting good grades or something, class of 2008, baby. Um, but if you look at amateur, and, or if you're British, amateur, um, there's a couple of different definitions. One is, I think, let me just read these real fast. A person who engages in an art, science, study, or athletic activity as a pastime rather than a profession. Two, an athlete who has never accepted money or who accepts money under restrictions specified by a regulatory body. Three, one lacking the skill of a professional. So it's interesting, especially that third one, one lacking the skill of a professional. That's the one you kind of hear a lot. 
and I think is implied when you talk about amateurs, is that it's somebody who's not, uh, who doesn't take what they do seriously, who doesn't have the experience to be good at a certain pursuit. But if you look at that first one, a person who engages in an activity as a pastime rather than a profession, you get a sense of what I'm getting at. And in fact, when you look at the etymology of the word, you get a sense of exactly what I'm getting at. If you look at the Latin base of the word amateur, you get amateur, which is lover, amare, which is to love, which is also the same verb in Italian. Amore is the noun, I believe, love, um, French, mon amour, you know, um, amatory, amorous, those all have the root of love. And so what it really means is to do something you love for the sake of doing it, um, for the love of the game. It's a great Kevin Costner movie about loving baseball uh, as much as anything else in your life, which is misleading because he does get paid for it. But it can really be best understood as a lover of something. So writers who spend hours and hours and hours with no expectation of professionalism, compensation, uh, thanks except for the love of the pursuit. So this is this is not like publishing professionally. You know, you do this because you want to do it. It is nice to get the occasional kudos or comment um, or someone messaging you and saying, wow, I really love what you did. Um, those are great and they do act as fuel for a lot of people. But I think for a lot of us, there's ego involved because there is nothing to inflate your ego like going uh, on the internet and finding something that you've published and seeing your words on a website. At least there is for me. I mean, it's a huge ego trip for me. I have to watch that. Um, and maybe that's my problem. <laughs> maybe that's why I'm doing a podcast. I Maybe I just like the sound of my own voice. But anyway... I guess what I'm saying is, you know, it can make you into a self-focused, self-centered type of person. And artists actually tend to be that way. I think really good artists tend to be jerks because to be good at that good at something and to be successful at it, uh, you have to step on some people and prioritize yourself. You're probably not the best uh, life partner. You're probably a driven um you know, focused on one thing, which is your art. But anyway, this is a, since we're amateurs, uh, this is a, a sort of hobby. Most of us, most of us have to balance that with real life so we don't get too full of ourselves. But some of us start a podcast. But anyway, I, I'm also, a, I'm an amateur fan fiction writer. I'm also an amateur podcaster now. Um, but so this like Cobra Kai Companion is an amateur endeavor. Peter puts his blood sweat, tears, so much time into that podcast because he loves the show. He loves talking to people. He loves sharing his fanaticism for uh, this show. He's not sponsored. And if any, even if he is someday sponsored, it's going to be pennies compared to the work that he puts into that show. So defiantly amateur, that's what I think of as maybe our uh, or cry a little bit as fan fiction writers. Uh, and it is different from being a fan. The origin of the word fan is fanatic, like a sports fanatic. You're just really excited about something. But amateur is not just being a fan of something, it's creating something. It's being an artist uh, who works for free with your own expectations, your own self-reward, your own um, your own motivation that you're putting it into. Anyway, uh, defiantly amateur, I think that's really important. So we talked about the workshop. We talked about the why, which is uh, that we're all uh, defiantly amateur. So I think that's a pretty good intro. 
um, just a little bit, I guess, about what to expect on an interview. So next episode, uh, I'm going to have Laura on and we're going to kind of give an example workshop, workshopping our own stuff. So we'll probably talk about the 100K work uh, that we both did, No Mercy for the Midlife Crisis. So we'll do that just to give you a sense. I mean, it'll be kind of, you know, it's just sort of sounds sort of self-congratulatory to go, oh, I'm going to do an episode of my own fic. But it'll give you guys a sense of what I want to talk about, which is story and why did you want to tell it and style and rhythm and form and character and voice. And we're going to keep it all positive. I'm not, like I said earlier, I'm not even interested in constructive criticism because this is a public space. Uh, And the point here is to get your vision uh, and the author's voice. That's the, the alternative workshop. Um, So, you know, if I have some suggestions for you, I can always message you that. I'm not going to do that here on the podcast. So don't be afraid. It's going to be all positive all the time. Um, but we'll do mine first, uh, me and Laura's first, just so you can get a sense of what that's going to be like. And then the second one we have slotted is going to be bringing on Brianna. Um, she's used to podcasts. She's used to being interviewed and talking on a podcast. So I think she's going to be a great one to start with. You guys know her. So that's going to be fun. So that's what we're going to do. And then after that, I'll be going around kicking tires and shaking trees and trying to get people to talk to me. (laughs) So uh, you can expect that. So um, yeah, I think that's a good overview of uh, what's up and what's going on. Gosh, there's so much to talk about, but I'll wrap it up there. I think I mentioned a lot of you, but just thank you again to what we call the quiver, which is the people listening right now, which are the authors. Um, If you're a writer out there and uh, you want some community, come find me or the Empress R on Tumblr. Again, my username is StoryShark2005. (laughs) We'll talk about that uh, next episode. It's such a stupid username. Um, StoryShark2005. Message me. We can get you an invite to the uh, Discord chat, the writer's retreat. If you act like an asshole, we're going to kick you off. But if you're a normal person and you want to talk fandom and socialize with people, you're going to love it. It's great. It's exactly what you're looking for in a writer's community. Um, We have writer's hour where we all commit to writing for an hour and we come back and say, oh, I got 100 words or I got nothing or I got 700 words. And it's so that's good fun. We watch movies together. So again, if you're if you're cool and you want to just find other writers, message me and we'll get you an invite. That is run by the Empressar most or it's not run, but she mods it. And I just want to say, Empy, uh, is thank you so much for the work that you put into moderating that group. Um, you know, sometimes people get hot heads or sometimes people get in a little spats and she's so awesome at just listening to people and cooling heads and not to say that happens, but you know, it, it happens anytime you get a bunch of people in a chat room and it's, there's amazing people in that chat room and, and it's so, so cool. So anyway, thanks to the quiver and MP. Thank you to Peter from Cobra Kai Companion and Bree from Cobra Kai Companion. Um, oh, Kyle Lauren. Uh, I hope I'm saying his last name right. The Cobra Kai music guy is what I'm calling him. I think that's what he's calling himself. He did the intro and the outro music for me. I said, Kyle, can you do something with Young Hearts? Because that's my favorite song in the movie. And he said, fuck yeah. And he already had something kind of started and he tweaked it and came up with this badass 30 second intro outro. So 
Anyway, that's what you're listening to right now. So thank you, Kyle. I'm going to credit him in the show notes. He did it for free because he's a badass. And that's how cool this fandom is. That's just one example. So I think that'll do it for today. Uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.